everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Buck. I'm a motorsports writer for The Athletic, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is a driver that so many of you have been asking for this season, and we were hoping to get it done before time ran out. Now we have him. It's Kevin Harvick, the soon-to-be-retiring future Hall of Fame driver, 2014 Cup champion. You all know him. So let's just get right into our conversation. All right, everybody, I'm back for another 12 questions with Kevin Harvick. I know of all the things you're doing this year, you're most sad to say goodbye to this, I'm sure. So. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very sad that um, I don't have to do any more 12 questions or just media in general. Yeah, I bet, I yeah. bet it's going to be a big loss in your life. Uh, okay, so the first one this year is you must pick one chore obligation to do every day for a year, but if you do it every day for a year, you never have to do it again for the rest of your life. So what would you like to knock out forever? Oh my goodness. I have a I have a helper here today. What what are you telling me, Keelan? Huh? Meetings? Oh, media. media. Oh, meetings oh, or media. Me- yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think for for me it's um you know, I I don't really understand exactly how my days are actually going to operate going forward. So it's it's a new schedule and and uh, new things that that happen. So I'm sure that my obligations at home will probably be different. Uh, compared to um, exactly what I do now, but if I yeah if I if I never really had to sit in another Zoom meeting again, uh, that would be really really good. Uh, Pre-COVID, I don't know that I ever sat in one Zoom meeting ever. Yeah. But um, I sit in more meetings now than I probably ever have in my whole life. So if I could if I could figure out how to just do every meeting for one year and then never have to do another <laughs> meeting again, I'd be perfectly content God, with that. No kidding, that'd be amazing. Uh, can you describe how you are as a passenger in a streetcar? I'm not good, uh, and I'm especially bad if it's my wife driving because she gives me a lot of grief when, when I drive that I drive too slow or I should have turned here or I shouldn't listen to the navigation. So I try to, in, you know, try to give her the exact um, feedback that she gives me while I drive. So, <laughs> um, and I think that she's not a very good driver uh, in, in general. I think she's an overly aggressive uh, street street driver so i wind up giving a lot of feedback from the passenger seat especially if delano's driving okay keelan was nodding at that so you got the endorsement on that yeah he i'm sure he laughs in the back seat that uh when when one or the other is driving (laughs) what is an app on your phone that you love using and think more people should know about (laughs) keelan would say instagram um (laughs) but i don't think that's a great app great app to use i would tell you that it's probably the weather app yeah uh maybe maybe people should know exactly what they're getting into for the day Uh, i'm i'm always i'm always like two races ahead on on the weather app to try to prepare for um whatever it is i'm getting into on on that particular week but i think it's um the planning that that people have is a little short in today's world so i i think um the weather app is definitely one of my pre-planning uh processes throughout the week it makes total sense yeah um Kind of dorky, but no, that's, that's I, I'm, I'm with that. Especially, you know, you get a little older, you realize how important that is. Uh, what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're having a crappy day? When I'm having a crappy day, usually, usually I just go home because my kids are pretty, pretty oblivious to everything that's that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I would probably not tell Keelan this. Uh, unless he hears me, but I think that um, I have a five-year-old that's way more oblivious to everything that's going on. That is, um, you know, 
really really entertaining to to hear what the first thing is that that uh, usually um, is asked from her when, when you get home after she's happy to after she's happy to see you come home uh, Keelan has has become he's become more like a little adult mm -hmm. uh, so his his questions are, are a little more uh, smart assish smart a little more smart ass than that than uh, than they probably have been in the past so um, he'll try to kind of like do exactly what I would do to kind of gouge around a little bit to, to see if he can frustrate you a little bit more. So it's, um, usually, usually Piper can, uh, spin things around pretty quick when, when I get home. That's nice. I like yeah. that. So I've been asking readers to submit dear Abby style advice questions, and I'm just matching different one up with the driver each week. So I got a parenting one for you. Maybe you have some advice here. This person says my kids ages nine and seven refuse to do their laundry. My wife has expressed them that doing their laundry, uh, for them and their baby sister can be exhausting. So we decided that our two oldest kids should start doing their own laundry twice a week. However, they put up a huge fight and they say it's too hard and they don't know how to fold their clothes. How should we handle this and who should be doing their laundry? Yeah, that one's pretty simple. So when um, Keelan put up that, that same fight, um, as soon as he ran out of clothes, it, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty much pretty much solved itself. So we just let his clothes pile up in the, in the hamper. Uh, or on the floor in his in his bedroom, or uh, his and his towels and everything that that were in his bedroom, um, we just we just let those things pile up, and eventually he figured out that we weren't going to back down, and and he wound up being able to do his laundry, and and had to have some assistance with folding his clothes because I think that is more of a um, a process of of uh, following through because of the fact that he would he can and does wash his clothes now. But he would 100% just take his clothes and throw them back on the floor and say that they were clean. Mm -hmm. So the folding process is probably a little, a little more difficult to follow through on than uh, the actual washing part. Well, I'm, I still have struggle with that. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, so this next one is a life uh, type question. Uh, so you, you seem like someone who really has their stuff together um, and, and you've worked hard to like get your life organized. But, you know, you have your racing, Keelan's racing your normal parenting duties, being a husband, various businesses, all sorts of other obligations that you're all trying to juggle and balance. Um, but yet you still seem like you have it together. So what habits from your life would be good for other people who are dealing with uh, less things like me, but feel like they're in chaos uh, to apply yeah. to their lives? I would, I would, uh, I would go, um, well, I'll just tell you, I, I, I would say that proper planning prevents piss poor performance. So um, I would tell you that being a little more organized, uh, and I live off of my calendar. So everything that I do, and I, if somebody calls and says, hey, let's meet for lunch at, on the 4th at 3 o'clock, I, I immediately put it on the calendar because if I don't, I'll forget, and then I'll have somebody call me, and I'll have somebody else scheduled, and then it becomes chaos, right? Mm. So uh, for me, it's all about structure and organization. And I would start with a calendar and, and making sure that, that everything you do is, is put on the calendar to be structured and organized. Okay. I love that. And it's uh, super simple once you get it set up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that sounds very reasonable. Um, okay. So this is a wild card question. So you, you've said that, you know, you wanted to be done after last year, but you wanted to come back to give everybody sort of a proper chance to do a send off. And as a result, um, you, you've sort of given, been given a chance to reflect more uh, because people keep bringing memories up to mm. you and things. So um, I know you're not, you know, a sentimental person necessarily, but as, as people have brought these memories up, 
um, or, or just things in your career, uh, what what do you think are, are sort of like the most important contributions that you're proud of that you've made? Because, I mean, you know, here lately you've taken a, a big role with the drivers. You've mentored people. You helped move the sport forward after the Dale Senior thing. So there's all these things that you've done, but what are you most proud of? Yeah, I think, I think the, the thing that this year has really made me realize is the impact that we have as drivers, athletes, whatever, whatever you want to refer to us as, the impact that you have on people's lives in general. And I think that's really been the thing this year, hearing those stories and hearing those moments and, and whether it be uh, inspiring a driver or inspiring somebody to get through a hard time period through COVID or something personal that they have going on. I think when we're in the day-to-day -day grind, going week to week from race to race, you lose fact of the sight that the what you do is much bigger than winning or losing to the people outside of, of this hauler or uh, inside of this racetrack or in this garage. Um, so the impact that you have on, on people's lives is, is um, much different than, than what you realize inside of the competition walls. And, and I think for, for me, being able to open up and, and hear those stories and, and understand um, you know that that you have that that you have that effect on people and and can impact people's lives with the things that you say and do and um, is is something that that is is not something that you really realize when you're 25 years old or 35 years old or in the middle of a battle with with somebody uh, after a race or whatever those intense moments are. But um, that to me has has been very impactful for for me personally to to just really enjoy the fact that you've been able to affect people in a positive way and, and, you know, just by doing the things that you think are right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really cool. Uh, in your career, what is the deal that came closest to happening that ended up not working out? Oh man, that's a, that's a, that's a really, really, really good, good question. And I this think this is actually Chase Briscoe's contribution. Uh, yeah. he told me I should put this on for everybody all year. Yeah. So. That's, that's a good question to ask everybody. You're, he's, he's right. Because I think when you look back at all the moments that you have throughout your life and, and across the career path, just think about for, for me, I think back to, okay, 1996, if I had said, okay, I'm just going to stay here and race with the family team and not go to work for Wayne and Connie Spears to be the mechanic or um, if I don't say okay well I'm going to leave Wayne and Connie Spears and go to work for Jim Herrick and, and Brad Doherty at the 98 truck you know those are they're all hard decisions right and so there's there's six or seven hard decisions um, along the way but for me there's that moment of the Earnhardt passing and and taking over the the three car and and you you know, you just look at how different of a trajectory that, that puts you on as far as what I did and where I went and wonder what it would have been like if you just worked with that group of guys that, that you worked with um, through the Bush Series days and just winning the cup with the natural um, you know, move through, through, the, through the series and, and through your career. Um, it, it just all instantly started and you had your biggest press conference and you had your biggest win and you know, you had your biggest moments and things to work through in the very first year instead of that natural progression through the through the ring. So, you know, that that Earnhardt moment for me is just so much different than everybody. The, the way that I started my career than most people started their careers. So, you know, if you just wonder what 
what that would have looked like if Earnhardt didn't have his his accident. Yeah, jeez, no kidding. Um, who is a person you would be starstruck by when meeting them? I always, I'm I'm the type of person that that is not really starstruck starstruck by anybody just because of the fact I always feel like I don't want to bother anybody. Mm. And you know, I've been fortunate to meet presidents and governors and people who who just have big roles through throughout the the world so it's i don't know that there's really anybody that could just star make me starstruck um because i always feel like i'd rather not say hi and bother them and just let them do what they're doing than than actually go over and say hey how you doing i'm i'm kevin harvick and and for whoever it is so um but i can't tell you that that meeting you know a few of the presidents of the united states has has been that's been that's been as close to starstruck as possible because that's just a no matter a politics aside no matter what what side you you sit on or or what you think about politics or whatever it is um meeting the president is is just something that is a big deal and and um you know i enjoyed the the conversations that i've been able to have yeah yeah that's i, I bet that's pretty cool uh what is the single most important skill a race car driver can possess leadership hmm you know, I think so many people look at this as, hey, he's a good driver or he's fast or um, but in the end, that that isn't really what gets you what you want. You, you have to be able to uh, communicate and be a part of the process. You have to be a part of the process of, of how you get to where you want to be, whether it be setups or, um, you know, helping with the conversations in the team or the um, or, or really everything that you do is is about being a good leader and, and being a part of that process in order to make things better. So there's just, there's so much more that goes into it than just saying, hey, we have a fast car and I can drive it because there are years that, that go like that, right? And those are the easy years. The hard years are, are when you have, um, you know, you have to work through things and, and keeping that dip from being as low as where everybody else would go that's not involved in the process. So, you know, I think being involved in the process and, and, and trying to um you know to to lead as much as possible is important wow that's great i mean i think you're the first person all year to say leadership so that's yeah that's really really cool um what life lessons from a young age stick with you and affect your daily decisions as an adult i think as you as you look back to the i i think a lot of a lot of the progression just comes from life in general i think you become hopefully become more mature as a person because of um, just growing up and, and being able to live those lessons and, and learn from those lessons that's, that you experience, uh, good or bad. And, you know, then hopefully you get to experience having kids and, and you know, the, the, the way that you think about things is just different from a personal standpoint and being able to balance that with, with staying in uh, that professional mindset uh, to, to me has been really good for me because the thing that I'm looking forward to the most when I retire is getting out of that competitive mindset and not having to, to worry about all the things that come with the car, having a, a good year or a good week or a good weekend or whatever, whatever it takes to, to be positive. It's, it's, um, it's very, con that part is very consuming. So being able to process all of that is, is something that, that, um, you, I think you learn through life and having to deal with things and, and, it's as, it's as simple as that circle of life is as simple as paying your bills and keeping track of your finances and, and 
uh, keeping your relationships on the race team and, and doing what you need to do uh, from a professional standpoint. So all of those, all of all of everything affects everything else in yeah. that in that circle of life. So it's it's very uh, difficult to to get all that balanced at the at the same time, but. Um, the quicker that you address whatever piece of the puzzle is is not balanced at, at that particular time, the faster everything else gets back in balance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person, and last week was Kyle Larson. I just did a few minutes ago, actually. So, what makes the drivers in Europe so much better than the American kart racers? Is it the tracks that they're used to, the style of racing, their culture? What is it, and how much longer do you think you'll be taking Keelan to race in Europe? Yeah, so Keelan came back from Europe at the end of June, so we moved him up to the bigger carts here. I think in the karting system, it's much different because over there, they don't have a lot of choices to, to race like we do in America. And I think in America, you know, you have ovals, you have road courses, you have legend cars, you have go-karts, you have uh, quarter midgets. You just have so many more choices. For them, life in Europe is F1. Right. Mm. So the, the, the system that is in place for the F1 system goes all the way to the bottom of karting and all those kids want to be F1 drivers. And I think that's that's really the only reason that it's more competitive. It's because it's really their only choice. Interesting. And I think that, you know, over there it's soccer and F1. And, you know, that's a yeah. that's a lifestyle for for those kids. And, and it's part of the process in order to get you know to the to the top of F1. So for us, it's been great because we can just go over there and just kind of put Keelan in, in the middle of that system. But I don't I don't think it's. It's, it's just different, and the reason that it's so much more competitive is because it's really their only choice, and it's a part of their, really their only outlet to race, and, and where they all want to be is, is F1, and then they disperse from there. But whatever you race in Europe is, is pretty much all through karting. Interesting. Okay. Awesome answer. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this, and uh, I love doing it, so I appreciate, appreciate your time as always. No problem. Thank you. All right, everybody. There you have it. Kevin Harvick on the 12 Questions podcast. And uh, hoping to get a question for the next person uh, when I know who that will be. In the meantime, I know I did say this on a recent podcast, but uh, the sale got extended. The $1 sale for the athletic, $1 a month for an entire year for new users. So $12 for your entire first year, access to the entire site, every sport we have. And that deal, again, is running now through the end of the month. It got extended. If you're curious about it, would love to support our work. Um, we'd really appreciate that. You can go to X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, and I will have a pinned tweet there with uh, a link to the deal. So uh, please do that if you are so inclined. We really, again, appreciate that so much. Anyway, thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast. <laughs>